Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. All right, welcome back to the Soma Soulworks podcast. Um, today in the studio, I've got Neil, Aaron, and Chris. Um, off mic, we've got Hunter, whose name I just revealed, and James. Um, I expect you'll hear more from Hunter in the future. Okay, so uh, so today's topic I want to talk about, um, going into that same line of what if I were king, what if I were queen. Mm-hmm. Kingdoms all have diplomatic course, right? So it's the secretary of state, it's it's a uh, it's diplomacy, it's all that. And so it is the relationships that are built between kingdoms and it ranges probably from this is an enemy state and we're just trying to make sure that we kind of forestall forestall war as long as we can to this is an allied state and we're looking for those mutually beneficial relationships. And in general, let's move belligerent relationships to friendly relationships. Um, I think that we can't have this conversation without at least touching on the idea of the seven spheres of influence um, because it's it's a it's a framework that we use for this conversation. So just to really briefly uh, go over this, I want to say it was like 1960-ish time where three people that I know of, so it was Lauren Cunningham, um, Francis Schaefer, Bill, and Bill Bright. Bill Bright. Yep. All, broadly speaking, had the same so to speak, vision. And in this vision was the notion that all of culture um, reigns from these seven uh, these seven areas. So uh, Bill Bright talked about the seven mountains. Uh, Lauren Cunningham talked about the seven spheres. I can't remember the terminology that Schaefer used. But the idea is um, these spheres are uh, celebration, which is arts entertainment, government, family, uh, church, Media, which you might call like the news. Communication. Uh, communication, I think is what they call. Um, what did I miss? Economy. 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 And education. And, and education. education. Okay, so those are the seven spheres, seven mountains. And and the notion was all of culture basically stems from what happens at the top of those mountains, which kind of, so to speak, rolls downhill. Um, now, the business sphere really likes this idea because I think, generally speaking, they don't always know where they fit in the church in general. Mm. Um, business people, they're like, I make money, I'm good at it, but what do I like, but I'm not a minister, yeah. right? I'm not a worship leader. So I don't know where I fit. Um, and so the business sphere has really picked up on this. They love it. Um, and there's, there's whole like seven mountains conferences and everything else, mm-hmm. but they're very entrepreneurial in their nature. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I have not actually heard a lot of other conversations about the other spheres from within the other spheres. And I think we should. So this is just a framework. This isn't biblical. It's just a way to think about things. Um, in our case, we see gaming as a piece of the sphere of arts and entertainment slash celebration. And uh, just for sake of argument, I'm going to continue with celebration terminology because I like it better. So within the sphere of terminology, I'm sorry, within the sphere slash kingdom of celebration, we, we're, we're trying to talk about how do we interface with other spheres? Mm. How does entertainment work with government? How does it work with business? How does it work with education? Family. And Whoa. family, right? These are all good questions. And I will start with this thesis. You tell me what you think about it. As a stereotype within our community, we have the idea of the starving artist. Mm. The person who is motivated 
to do their art, whatever that is, to be a writer, an actor, a, a musician, and they don't really care about money. And as a result, they're willing to do it for anything so long as they can just do it. And so you have this stereotype of the starving artist. I think it is a true stereotype. Right? It, it, is, it, is a, it is a picture of something that is very real. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking in our last episode about how often we meet really creative, talented people who don't know what they're worth and who will basically give away everything for next to nothing yeah. and, and, and feel guilty about it. Like, oh, I can't yeah. believe I'm charging you this, right? Um, and, and this is where I think it's easy for the sphere of entertainment to become prostitutes mm. in a way, right? So if you'll allow the, the terminology. Like, we just whore out whatever we're doing. Yeah. Please, someone pay me. Someone notice me. Yeah. Um, and in that regard, I think very often the sphere of entertainment acts as a vassal state to the sphere of business, which is to say we're not in control of our own production. We're not in control of our own resources. We take whatever they give us and we say thank you. Yeah. And I think that's badly broken. I think one of the biggest things that if we could change something about this sphere, it would be that. Yeah. How do how does entertainment get control? And I don't mean this in a nasty, like clingy way. I'm like, it's just not right that we're that we're always a vassal to another kingdom. Yeah. That's not the way that God meant it. Yeah. It would be like if you think of traditional kingdoms, they would be allied with and then partner and work with. So if that is not the case, and there is literally slavery happening, right? Like I have now shackled you completely and have full control. That's wrong. That is broken. How do we fix that? And then, of course, all the other spheres and relationships too. But that's like the initial first one, which is it's a big problem. So yeah, how do we address that? Hmm. Do you think that the sphere of arts and entertainment even knows what it's for? Just True. generally speaking, do we even know where we fit in this picture? Or are we so ignorant? And I mean that in the kindest possible way. Yeah. You know, or we just don't even know. Like, we're just trying to stay fed. Um, do we even know? That reminds me. There's, so there's this term in um, kind of the YWAM and a few other places, too. They call it kind of original design. So God's created each person for specifically what he wanted to make in that person. And they're an awesome combination of all of that. I think there's this, there's this idea that's specific for each of these spheres. They have an original way that God has designed them to be and how they also interrelate with each other. So, like, figuring that part out specifically for celebration is a huge key. So, that means going to Scripture. What is God saying about arts? And um, I remember one of the conversations we had at the Film Institute back in Kona, working with a bunch of filmmakers and talking about this subject. Well, in the Bible, you see all the time the artists are up front. They're, they're the people leading with worship in front of the army. And they're also the ones that deal with prophecy and sharing about visions of the Lord. And that, that's in partnership with the church. But the, the artists kind of are prophetically going ahead and, and claiming and sharing about God's beauty. But they're usually leading out in the army. And that's kind of like one of the things that you see many, many times in the Bible. It's like, oh, so that's part of that role, right? Part of their identity. Yeah. But what's the other areas? What are all these pieces of the identity of arts entertainment and celebration? I'm forgetting their names, but the first artists that are named mm. are the ones that made the ark. Bessel the and Aholadab. Thank you. Wow. Uh, I, Just had that right tip mm-hmm. of my tongue. <laughs> uh, so they, and so they're the ones, in, and the Ark of the Covenant is really one of the first pieces of art that's also described in detail mm. in the Bible. And that, so that would be, I think, in Exodus that that happens? Or is it later? You're in, in Numbers, I think. But you're they, in the, it's in the first four books. Yeah. 
first four or five books of the Bible, somewhere in there, um, mm. the Ark of the Covenant is described in detail for like over two to three, maybe four chapters. I don't know. Like it's a lot. And it's really cool at the same time. It's like, oh, these are all the different details that go into it. Like the different sculptures that are on this piece, mm-hmm. on, the, on this glorified box. <laughs> it's a box. It's it's a glorified box. Yes. It's very very yeah. glorified, um, and it's glorified because of the art that was put into it to make it uh, a more holy piece. Because mm-hmm. God has blessed these people who are blessing it, that because He is blessing, it's His blessing that's going through them. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the jobs I see as artists, um, and for art the art community to be doing is to help glorify things on behalf of God. Mm-hmm. Joel Pilsu, um who we've had to speak at Jesus' time, one of the things he points out is not only is what you just said true, mm-hmm. but but it, like it's so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that uh, 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 Bezalel and Aholadab are the first people in Scripture, like, and there's this whole rule of first of first mention, but, but they're the first people in Scripture that says the Holy Spirit fell on them and filled them. Um, and that the Holy Spirit gave them not only the ability to make the crafts, but also to share that with other people, to mm-hmm. teach them how to make the things. And so this idea of like inspiration. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, this is a whole funny, interesting thing between modern world and ancient world. The ancient world always saw artistic inspiration as a spirit that came upon you and could leave. Whoa. And so it wasn't you. And so mm-hmm. they always saw it as like, this isn't you, lucky dog. Like you just have to be indwelled by a spirit, your muse, whatever it is. Wow. It's, it's modern thoughts that were like, oh, that person's a friggin' genius. Yeah. Right? And so we make it personal. That didn't used to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, also about going back to, to the story in the wilderness is – You have to think about the weirdness of this. Like, you've just been delivered from Egypt. Part of what happened in Egypt is you took all their gold um, (laughs) because they they wanted it. And then God takes a big chunk of that. Like, like you need food. You need water. But you know what? I'm going to take your gold and make something pretty and useless. So in in a a kind of a practical sense. like (laughs) Practicality-wise. And, like, this is an utterly impractical thing, and it's the first thing you want. Mm. And it's, it's this wild notion of, like, does God value beauty? And to me, that that one thought is actually really critical to the arts, to the celebration of your understanding. Itself, oh, yeah. Is that beauty is valuable all by itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. That I don't need, for example, I don't need it to deliver a gospel message and end in an <laughs> altar call. I don't need it to teach a core principle. I don't need it to minister to anybody. That beauty mm-hmm. is enough. Beauty is a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. And and that probably one thing throws off a lot of shackles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh and that that would be a place where if we can't say that and articulate it clearly enough mm. for other spheres to also understand it, mm-hmm. then they will always just say like, well, I have my own mission, yeah. right? And so maybe I'm the church. And so I, I need to teach kids about Jesus. And wouldn't it be nice if this was actually attractive and not ugly? Like, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then they're just sort of co-opting beauty towards their purpose, which isn't bad. But we all take an example. We probably all know churches where the worship team is given free reign. They're given money. They're giving uh-huh. it like that worship by itself is valuable, mm-hmm. um, not only to serve another end. But mm-hmm. then we know other churches where that's not really the thing. Like like this is the warm-up act for the for the pastor. Mm-hmm. And they may or may not be valued for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of in Genesis. He's like doing the creation thing. Boop, 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 doo, doo, doo. It's good. All right. Next. it It's good. <laughs> next next crazy beautiful thing right, that's good too and that doesn't matter if it has function no it's just pretty I like it's it it's just pretty in fact I'm just to sit here on a day and enjoy it because it's that good so mm-hmm. good the whole day 
Wait, wait. The king of the universe just rested because he wanted to look at his own beauty. Yep. Uh-huh. He yeah. sure did. That's a wonderful thought. We, we, we've had this similar thought. Like, mm-hmm. it is our, especially in our American space, like, we think about Sabbath. And one of the conversations that's really interesting for us is that we always want to say, like, well, what's the good in it? What's the ROI in Sabbath, <laughs> right? And we can't help it. We're like, if you rest, you'll be more creative. You'll be more, like, you'll be more productive as if, as if Sabbath was made for us so I can work harder. We just cannot <laughs> get away from it. <laughs> and so it just reminds me of that same thing. Like, beauty, I, I don't need a reason. It's not, yes, it ministers to my soul. Yes, it, it's it's healing. But that's not why. Mm. Like, it, that just is a side gravy. How many artists do you know? at the end of their art, mm. stop and just enjoy their own art. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially in the the work force. Yeah. Right? The working artists. Done. Next, 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 done. Like, da, 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 or da, da, da. they get done and they're like, this is bad. Or oh, this yeah. isn't quite, I yeah. can only focus on the, the bad pieces and, and like the little, like the mistakes I made mm-hmm. and not just the overall beauty of what they've just created. Yeah. Which is funny because most of the time, any other person in the company comes over and is like, why do you, that's so cool. Most of the time uh-huh. for artists. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but there's this and this. And- Could have done better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This is actually a conversation we probably would need to have a long time, but it mm-hmm. is off the topic of, of the spheres. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it comes back to, as a sphere, we can't have diplomacy if we don't even know what we're about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 that's a non-starter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then an, a really immediate next step is we have to be able to communicate who we are to the other spheres mm-hmm. so that they know who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is actually one of the difficult things is so often uh, creatives are motivated um, by, by this impulse to be seen, to be recognized, to right. be validated. Right. And so if someone else says, like, I validate what you what you are a little, but it's better <laughs> than nothing. <laughs> it's better than nothing. <laughs> um, but to take that just a little bit farther – it's this note I want to kind of dive in. Look for ways that we could build mutually beneficial relationships with other spheres. Mm. And what do they what do they need from us? What do we need from them? How do we keep that sense of independence and autonomy mm. in, in a healthy way? Like it's not about just like you're not the boss of me. Um, what does that even look like? And 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 how would you go about creating ambassadors between spheres? Mm-hmm. So going back to what you just talked about moments ago, understanding what you are as an artist in this sphere of celebration, super important. In order to be an ambassador or send out ambassadors or receive ambassadors, that means you also need to know what is that sphere about? Yes. So Mm -hmm. it's not only defining and understanding who God made, that you as an artist, what does business, what does God say about business? Oh. What does God say about family? Like now you're going around all of them. Like I have to really have at least a good brief understanding of the other spheres and hopefully a deep understanding of the own sphere that you're currently in. And then there's the interconnectivity. How do they relate? Well, another thing to figure out and, and pray through and read through. Scripture says a ton on how they relate. Well, that means we got to spend some time understanding that. Yeah. And then we can do the effectiveness of, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe business and art, you know, can work together in kind of an equal mutual relationship in order to share the the industry of entertainment, which is, deals with money a lot. And there is a, a ton of art, so there has to be a balance between the two. What's the healthy balance? How do we communicate that? Um, and then the other spheres as well, like how does how does art help with family? Like, oh, that, that's interesting. Or yeah. how does family help with art? Yeah. 
huh, maybe we, we do some training up and educating them well in the way of arts, uh, mm-hmm. no matter what area they're going to. Uh, what is it with church? And, well, that means, you know, they want some beautiful things to in order to, you know, help bring people into worship and to understanding the fullness of who God is. Oh, how does that look in a healthy way? And yeah, like you said earlier, like, the worship team, which is not valued, is totally different than the worship team that is valued. It has the space to do it. Okay, there's some there's some steps we can do there. So uh, again, each of these spheres Love has that. more understanding needed in order to then actually have clear ambassadors and ways to mm-hmm. bring diplomacy. Yeah, I'm thinking of specifics, so. Mm. I think I'm probably going too far down the. You go to the next episode. I'm going to the uh, next <laughs> episode into okay. specific lines. I'm thinking about uh, the use of prophetic art and yes. stuff like that, yeah. which is, uh, in uh, that kind of falls already into the line though of if art is even valued at mm. all within a church, and that so that that's where my thought process is. I think that's a little too deep right now yeah. into a specific spot. Uh, so I'm going to kind of back up a little bit. Before I can't remember who we were talking to. This was just recently, but it was this notion of uh, he was making the point like, why don't churches hang? Art in their lobbies from from oh, people gosh. on their on, like why don't we do this? Yeah. And for that matter, like that's the most obvious place to have kind of a kind of a pop up gallery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and freaking schools do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they have the you know every third grader has their little handprint on the wall. So why don't churches do this? That actually goes back to also cultural value of art. Yeah. And and this reminds me of uh, the family's role as well. If your child has talents in art, um, talents in business, talents in all these areas, right, that God's put into them, are you fostering that well? Yes. Are you saying to them, oh, this is good? And then the other piece, as you get to go through school, a lot of that gets squashed. Mm -hmm. So education is not doing their job. And then... The parents need to then make up for that and help them. Yeah. Especially, like, I always think of the art journey. Like, I had one awesome art teacher and one that just destroyed me. <laughs> and it was like, well, the one that destroyed me came last. Therefore, I retreated from the artistic side yeah. mm-hmm. for years. Well, that's important, you know, like, for the family to recognize, for the education um, sphere to recognize. Those are key things for us to be aware of. One of the things from an from an embassy perspective mm. is like embassies are there to protect the citizens in foreign lands mm. and and provide them services, provide them a place of shelter, and so so this notion of like in what way could we create those safe places for artists working in other spaces? Yeah. That would be a very diplomatic like that. That's the nature of that business. So um, that would be the same thing for each sphere. So each sphere would have their own embassy yeah. within all other spheres, and then vice versa. Yeah. So that's kind of cool because then you have somebody who's, oh, I understand my sphere. I am here to represent, you know, this sphere in business, in yeah. in technology and media and communication, like all this. Oh, that's really cool. And then you have somebody who understands the language of the sphere you're trying to connect with. That's the last well, piece I think I want to cover before we jump into a specific sphere is to be an effective diplomat um, at, in, in another sphere, you have to speak the language. Yeah. Right, and so ideally, you find someone who speaks it natively, mm-hmm. um, or, or you're darn close, because because uh, I just think about that ability to kind of speak the language of another sphere is is a critical thing. Because mm-hmm. I speak I speak gaming, 
Right? I mean, I can't even talk to the music, you know, like in my own kingdom. I can't even speak music. Nerd. Um, <laughs> we just had this uh, this experience a couple weeks ago where uh, where Neil was on a movie set, specifically a commercial set, mm. um, because we were doing uh, basically using the Unreal game engine to film a, a show. Neil was in this perfect spot because he was quote bilingual, like he spoke gaming and film, and so everyone was happy. Um, but you can see the miscommunications are just waiting to happen. So yeah. this idea of a native language speaker feels actually a critical um, qualification for an ambassador. Yeah. And the key part of that is the learning the terminology of the sphere. Yeah. Because, or the section of the sphere. Because now we're talking about entertainment, and there's two different areas of entertainment that don't even know how to speak yeah, to yeah. each other. What? So I'm sure that's the same. And, and all, all the jargon. All the spheres, mm-hmm. yeah. Jargon. Yeah. I'm kind of curious what those natural people, uh, ambassadors would look like right mm. now, uh, currently, right now, just across the board. Like, can we think of any existing roles that should be filling that role mm. for entertainment, for or arts in general? Like, I'm thinking about um, in, in education, who would be the one person respon- who, who should be the natural person responsible for um, protecting the future artists? Mm. Yeah, um, for protecting our future future musicians. Is that the teachers? Those are that I would assume that that fits the role, but then they're the ones who ultimately never don't make the decisions on who get who finances. Yeah, um, having arts um, in schools, they're not the ones who make the decisions. They make the decisions on who gets paid, and they might have impacts on individual lives, but they don't impact the finances. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. they don't make those decisions. So is it then like is it the school board that's supposed to be protecting it? Like right. where like where do, where's that where are those ambassadors? Like who who should those um, people be. I think about to just use education. I think about folks who um, will occasionally approach us from schools mm-hmm. um, because they have students who want to be game designers, mm. and so and so they they want to uh, place them with us for job shadows or for um, uh, uh, what's that thing called internships or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get this this interaction sometimes. But one of the things I I've heard so often in those kind of arrangements is. They fall apart because each side thinks they're doing the other side a favor, and right. they're not. <laughs> um, right. Like, like I'm giving you access to talented young people. It's like, no, they don't know anything. And so I, I appreciate what you're trying to give me, but I don't have any value for that. Yeah. And I think I'm giving you value because I'm showing you exposure to you know mm-hmm. to the real world of gaming. They're like, well, that's not valuable to me. It doesn't ta- teach them anything. Mm-mm. So so we have to do better in that. Mm-hmm. But those feel like there's at least an attempt, I think, here and there. It's just super kludgy. Yeah, I think the, the best attempt... I've, Going, this we've seen so far has been probably C Tech, yeah. yes. Um, where we've seen people from the industry stepping into the education and um, as ambassadors, and they so they know what the industry looks like, mm-hmm. um, or at least has have a better idea of what that looks like. And then from there, they're they're spending all their time in that industry. They're not coming back. Yeah. They're coming back every once in a while to the entertainment sector, but they're staying. The ambassadors. Um, go to other countries and live in other countries. They yeah. live in other kingdoms. They don't live in their own kingdom Mm-mm. that they represent. Right. They just have knowledge of it and yes. they understand what it's for. That's a great point. So, so they've, been, they've been brought up and then sent out mm-hmm. either personally or by a, a corporately. Yeah. One, one thing that makes it tough for um, gaming in particular and movies is that our everything changes every five years. Though. <laughs> yeah. uh, five that years, makes it really two tough. Years, maybe six months. Like yeah. everything I learned in college um, other than like, ooh, there's not everything, but like all of the stuff that was technology based mm. that I learned in college is out of date now. Oh yeah. Um, and even then, I didn't actually learn anything in college that was gaming and um, entertainment oriented. It was very much a, a 
it was it was they didn't have gaming specific um, losers. <laughs> you went to the same college. Go <laughs> <laughs> down the college. <clears throat> Sorry, George Fox. Uh, beep that too. Um, I don't know what they actually. Ha- please don't beep it. I, I'll just keep that in there. They need to know the truth. <laughs> just teasing. Although they have an esports team now, they which do is really they crazy do. cool. I do, and I don't, actually don't know how their arts program is mm-hmm. now because it's been so long, it's and I know time. that they've grown ridiculously since yeah. I've been there, and yeah. that's only been. Six years, five, yep. seven years since I've been there. Like, however, most of the, actually, like half the teachers I learned specifically from are st- starting to go into retirement. Mm. Um, they're starting to be brought in. There's new people already being brought yeah. in. So hopefully, like, yeah, but like that just that, that's a side note. But like, just as a thing, it's like it's really hard then to actually have secure ambassadors. Mm. Maybe there needs to be a thing where ambassadors are only there for. Two to three years before they come back for a year in the you're back at home. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually cycling how they do it, right? Like you mm-hmm. only spe- you spend so long over there, and you kind of rotate in and out. I, I have a friend in the State Department. I could actually ask him, but I think that's how it works. Okay, that'd be yeah. really. For maybe we need not necessarily know what the spheres are, but we need to know what ambassadors actually do. What, yeah, what do we, we do, Dan? It's like what is the actual process for uh, cut, uh for our political co- co- uh, country based yeah. ambassadors? What do they actually do? What are their responsibilities? Yeah. Beyond just being ambassadors, like like cool, you get to live in another country. Like, what does that actually mean? Right. Like, before we can actually apply it to the spheres. Yeah. Mm. I I feel like this is a topic that again, like, there's a lot of depth here. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna close this uh, topic in general, and I want to have our next episode be about one specific sphere. And right. In this case, I want to do church, uh, sort of the, the the sphere of of faith. I think is what they mm-hmm. call it. So, uh, so we're going to close this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. We've probably got lots to talk about on this, um, and uh, but we'll see you on the next episode. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us. This is just one offering from Soma Soulworks, a production of Soma Games. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com, and we'd appreciate your support through Patreon.com/slash Soma Soulworks. <laughs>